let's lift up the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's lift up the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on all across this house. Go ahead and give God praise this morning. We lift you up, O oh God. We praise you, O oh God. Come on, let's clap our hands unto the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be praised. Blessing and honor and glory and power forever. Somebody say it with me. Forever. forever. Hallelujah. We give God all praise and glory. I feel the presence of the Lord in this place. He's in this house. He's in this house. And we give him praise. I'm so thankful to see everybody here gathered together in the presence of the Lord. Can we give all of our guests a great big hand? God bless you. In the name of the Lord, we are thankful that you are here to worship God on Sunday morning, July 5th, 2020. And we give God all of the praise and the glory for it in Jesus' name. We welcome those who are viewing through live stream. God bless you and thank you for tuning in. And uh, we worship God together. These are unique times. I don't have to tell you that. These are unique times. But the church goes forward. The church goes forward. And God is on the throne. Hallelujah. I'm thankful God is on the throne. I'm thankful that he has everything under control. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I'm, I'm excited to preach to you today. And I will tell you that my, my soul has been just stirred uh, because of what the Lord has laid on my heart. And there's just so much that I want to get into and preach to you. But uh, we don't have, literally, we don't have all day. So we have to space it out. And I, knowing where to start, I believe the Lord has given me a word as to where to start. And, and I, I want to do that today. I'm reading from the book of Hebrews chapter 10. And I want you to know that what I'm preaching to you today uh, is going to be the preface for everything I preach to you going forward. And really, it has been, uh, it has been the preface for anything and everything we do. But, but because of circumstances of late, we understand now more than ever the need to be ready for the coming of the Lord. And so I want to uh, turn your attention to Hebrews chapter 10, and I'm reading beginning at the 36th verse. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come, will come. And will not tarry. And by the help of the Lord, I would like to preach to you this morning on the subject, the end of tarrying. The end of tarrying. Could we lift our voice together and ask God to bless his word this morning. Lord, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the spirit of the Lord that we feel in this house. We pray that your word would have free course. We ask in Jesus' name that you would bless the word as it goes forth, that it would find good ground, that it would sink deep into the soil of our soul. And help us, I pray, in Jesus' name, to be all that you have called us to be. Lord, we give you the praise and the glory. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. And amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. We have work to do as the church. We have souls to reach. We have people to whom the gospel will need to be preached to them. And, and we have souls that are cast down that have to be uplifted. People that are broken that must be mended. Hearts that have been fractured, that need healing by the power of God, His Word, His Spirit, His precious blood. So we have work to do. Jesus told His disciples to occupy until I come. And He let them understand that, that He is coming again. As a matter of fact, 
when he ascended out of their presence in the beginning of the book of Acts, the Bible says that, that they stood and gazed upon him as he ascended into the heavens. And I can relate to that. I mean, I guess I can. I, I, if I saw Jesus, I would be gazing, just kind of, that's Jesus. And then if he started ascending into the heavens, I wouldn't know what to do with that. I'd just be gazing, just in awe of the power and the glory and the majesty of God. And that's what they were doing. And the Bible says that there were two men clothed in white that stood by them and interrupted their, their position of just being in awe. And they said, why stand ye here gazing? He's going to descend in the same manner that you saw him ascend. Just like you saw him go up, you're going to see him come back. And that is the hope of the church. And that is the promise of God. And that is the reality of the days in which we are living right now. Jesus is coming back. Oh, hallelujah. And I want to preach to you about it because I want us to, I want us to shake off the deception that this is somehow a frightening thing. It is for those who were not in the number of the redeemed. But if you are in the redeemed, you have everything in the world to rejoice about and to be thankful for. Hallelujah. I love 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 where the Apostle Paul explains to the church at Thessalonica. He said, for this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Ladies and gentlemen, we're about to see that happen. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, if you grew up in church and heard a good, old-fashioned, Jesus-is-coming-again message, you know that was a scary message. Man, nothing got me in the altar like a good Jesus-is-coming-again message. I was six years old, and the man who preached the night I got the Holy Ghost preached a message called, What's Gonna Happen to the Kids After the Rapture? Man, I, I was playing with my G.I. Joes on the back row. But, man, when I heard what's going to happen to the kids after the rapture, he didn't even have to preach a message. He just had to ask the question. I still don't know what's going to happen to the kids after the rapture. I just ran to the front, and God filled me with the Holy Ghost that night. There's something about when you hear this word of truth that Jesus is coming again, it stirs your soul, and it can create a sense of tremendous unease and uncertainty. But, but the Apostle Paul said, after describing what will happen upon the coming of the Lord and the dead in Christ rising first, he, he finished it all by saying, wherefore comfort one another with these words. He said, I want you to go and tell everybody Jesus is coming again. When they're sad, remind them, Jesus is coming again. When they're brokenhearted, remind them, Jesus is coming again. When they don't feel like they can make it, tell them, Jesus is coming again. Comfort one another with these words, that the dead in Christ shall rise. Comfort one another with these words, that the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Comfort one another with these words, that, that we will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Comfort one another with these words. So as I preach to you today, and, and I'm going to keep on preaching it until he comes, about the coming of the Lord, don't be discouraged, don't be disheartened, understand that this is something to be comforted by. This is something to be excited about. And everything that we do as the church is geared toward the concept that Jesus is coming again. Hallelujah. Our hope is not in this world. Our hope is fixed on a heavenly place. 
Hallelujah. Our hope is fixed on Jesus returning for his people, his bride, his church. Hallelujah. And so we celebrated this weekend the birth of the United States of America, the 4th of July. And the United States needs prayer right now because everything that can be shaken shall be shaken. I find myself quoting that a lot because I'm just watching it happen. I used to quote it like it was going to happen, and now I'm just like, yeah, that's shaking, and that's shaking, and that's shaking. Everything that can be shaken shall be shaken. We know that this day is coming. We've understood for years that this day is coming. Now, God has given us the blessing of freedom in this nation. Now, it's, a, it's not a freedom that is easily found. It has been fought for and continues to be fought for. And it is a, a challenge. We thank God that the founding documents of this nation give legal framework to the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And it was, it was, it was the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence that President Abraham Lincoln leveraged to abolish slavery. And we thank God that we have access to this life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in these United States of America. And we must continue to labor for it to be a more perfect union. And I want you to understand, however, that our liberty does not come from the governance of man. But our liberty comes from the infilling of the Holy Spirit of God. Now the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Hallelujah. And, and, and I want you to understand today that our hope is not fixed upon what man may or may not do, our hope is fixed on a kingdom that is coming. The increase of which government and peace, there shall be no end. And if you've put your hope in this world, you are going to be sadly, sadly disappointed. Not only disappointed, but you're going to be devastated because there is no hope in this world. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. And America's only hope is in Jesus Christ. And don't let anybody tell you any different. America's only hope is in Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. This is not the time for the church to run and hide. This is not the time for the church to cower. This is not the time for the saints of God to try to somehow uh, be discouraged or disheartened. But now is the time for us to stand up and go forth in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, understanding who we are. I know who I am. I know who I am. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. I am who he says I am. Oh, hallelujah. And so there's a kingdom coming. There is a kingdom coming. And Jesus came to bring that kingdom. And he said, my kingdom is not of this world. It's not the kind of kingdom where you rise up and revolt and, and, and try to somehow overthrow. In his day, it was Caesar. They wanted him to overthrow Caesar. He said, that's not what my kingdom is all about. He said, my kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. And it is living on the inside of you. And when the kingdom gets down on the inside of you, it will manifest its way outside of you. And I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, that his government has an increase of peace that there shall be no end to. That peace starts inside of his people. That love starts inside of his people. That love cannot be legislated. That peace cannot be legislated. They've tried to legislate it. But the law is weak through human flesh. Only the perfect law of liberty can set the soul of man, woman, boy, and girl free. And when a nation defies God and turns their back on God, there is a lot of trouble coming for that nation. Our hope is in the holy nation called the church. Oh, hallelujah. Time for the church to be the church. Everything we do is prefaced by Jesus is coming back. You know why we're here right now worshiping in this house? 
Because Jesus is coming back. You want to know why we extend ourselves in love to one another? Because Jesus is coming back. You want to know why we're building a building right now in the name of the Lord? We're going to build this building in Jesus' name. We're coming into the last 10 months of our Ready Now Capital campaign. And Tree of Life, you have been amazing in this process, even through COVID and coronavirus. But we're going to put the pedal to the metal in these last 10 months, and God is anointing us to build this building for His glory. We're going to need it for the souls that are coming. If you haven't noticed, I know people aren't comfortable leaving their house right now. I understand that. I know they're not comfortable going into large gatherings right now. I understand that. But I'm telling you, this world is about to experience a shaking that is going to cause people to come from the north, south, east, and west to the church and say, I need Jesus. I need help. Now you say, now pastor, I thought you were going to comfort us here. You're talking about things shaking more than they're shaking right now. Oh, you haven't seen anything yet. It's going to shake more than it's shaking right now. Oh, trust me, it's going to shake more than it's shaking right now. But it can't shake the church because he said, I built my house, hallelujah, and I built my church upon this rock, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. Glory to God. I feel like I'm on repeat because there's a continual message of Jesus to his people. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made you free. Be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Don't go back to what God delivered you from. Your future is not in your past. Your blessing is not in your past. Your blessing is in following Jesus and loving him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you how to, how to get ready. Are you ready to get ready? How many ready to get ready? We got to get ready for Jesus to come back. I, I, know, I know we've been talking about it for years, but we're there now, okay? We're there now. Hallelujah. Man, I feel good right now. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. We're there right now. These are the last days. He said, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. We're in the day of revival. This is not a time for the church to hang our head, but to look up and understand Jesus is coming again. Let's welcome him. He said, when the Son of Man comes to the earth, will he find faith on the earth? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, he's going to find faith. He's going to find faith here. Faith, faith, faith. Just a little bit of faith. Faithfulness. He's going to find faithful people. He's going to find faithful worship. He's going to find faithful prayer. He's going to find a faithful church. Hallelujah. You know what he's doing right now? He's perfecting his church. That is where we are as the church. He's perfecting us. We are going to be tried by fire. But the fire is not to destroy us. The fire is to refine us. So this is why Peter said, think it not strange when you encounter a fiery trial. Don't scratch your head and say, man, this is really strange. No, no, no. You need to understand this was always coming. And it is for the glory of God. It is for his divine purpose. It is for his eternal kingdom. Hallelujah. And I'm going to keep my shoulder to the plow. I don't know what's distracted you, but it's time to put a blinder on and get your mind and eye off of those things. And on to the things of the Lord. Here's the first way to prepare yourself for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent of your sins. You must repent of your sins. Don't go to a church or listen to a preacher that's going to tell you you do not have to repent from your sins. You must repent from your sins. That is false teaching that tells you you don't have to repent from your sins. That is a false shepherd, a false prophet, and the Bible warns his people that they will rise up in these days and at this time to lead people astray. 
Don't you listen to a false prophet that's going to tell you you don't have to repent from your sin. You're fine just like you are. You better believe you have to repent from your sin because the kingdom I'm preaching to you about, there is no sin in that kingdom. There is no abomination in that kingdom. There is no, there is no uh, lust. There is no envy. There is no rebellion. There is no hatred. There is no malice. There's no racism. There's no perversion. It's not in that kingdom. There's no arrogance. There's no evil way. It's not in that kingdom. So you've got to repent from it. If it's in you, you've got to lay it down. The Bible says you've got to literally turn from your wicked ways. And, and, and then there's this amazing concept that there can be a wicked way in us and we not know it. He said, if there be, if there be any wicked way in me. See, I can even deceive myself. I can put my suit and tie on, comb my hair, come to the house of God, get my praise on, shout, worship, sing, preach, and not know that there's something inside of me that is displeasing to God. Or maybe we do know it and we ignore it. And as long as we prevent those around us from knowing it, then we think we're all right. No, 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 no. Don't you know that God sees all things and that he's the judge, not the people sitting around you. He's the judge. And every idle word that you speak Speak will be brought into judgment and your works will follow you. I'm preaching to you how to be ready for the judgment of God. Because when the Bible says we shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, the clouds always represent his judgment in the scriptures. He, behold, he cometh with clouds. When he comes, he's coming with judgment. John makes this statement in his epistle. He said that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Now see, when I say judgment, I, you notice how quiet it got? We were shouting when I was saying peace forever. But we start talking about judgment and it's like, oh man, I knew, I knew he was tricking me. I knew it. He had me thinking we were going to shout about Jesus coming back. Then he starts talking about judgment. Bait and switch. No, no, no. For the righteous, judgment is not a scary thing. For the righteous, judgment is where he passes out your rewards. For the righteous is where judgment comes to you and God says, this is what I have prepared for you. This is why you've got to get ready for the day of judgment. And it starts with repentance. You have to give your sins to God. You have to turn from your wicked ways. And if you need help, ask him. He'll help you. Call on him. He'll give you strength. Tell him, Lord, I'm, I'm struggling with this temptation and that temptation. I'm fighting this battle and that battle. And the Lord who is faithful. Faithful and just to forgive you your sins. He will help you to overcome your wicked ways. And one of my favorite scriptures is this. That if the wicked will turn from their wickedness, the Lord will remember their wickedness no more. My God, have mercy. I just want you to understand. You're gonna, you, see, you, you, if you really know that and believe that, then you don't need to walk into the day of judgment fearful and frightened and, and afraid. You need to walk in rejoicing because he took your sins away. The things that can send you to hell, he took them away. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The first thing you do is repent from your sins. The next thing you do is you are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. And, 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 it's, and it, the Bible teaches us it is to be immersed in the name of Jesus Christ. You say, why does it have to be in the name of Jesus Christ? Because there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We must be buried in the name of Jesus, baptized in the name of Jesus, immersed in the name of Jesus Christ. And here's what happens when you do that. You take on a new identity and all of that stuff that you did a long time ago or last night 
or this morning, when you're baptized in the name of Jesus, all the stuff associated with that old nature stays in the water. It is covered by the blood. You rise to walk in newness of life. You rise to walk with a new identity. You have now the blamelessness of Christ on you. You have on you the innocence of Jesus Christ on you. No longer are you bound to the things you used to do and how you used to act. And and before you think I'm preaching to somebody else, understand we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I'm preaching to you, to you, to you, to you, and me. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We must be buried in his name and of him I'm not ashamed. I love Jesus best of all. Baptized in the name of Jesus Christ so that when you come up out of that water, you have a new identity, a new DNA. The blood of Jesus is upon you. And now when God sees you, he doesn't see the old man or the old woman. He sees the blood of Jesus. How do you think you're going to make it through judgment? You think you're going to make it through judgment with your good works? You think you're going to make it through judgment because of your good personality? You think you're going to smooth talk the righteous judge? You think you're going to be able to fool him who knows the thoughts and the intent of your heart? He knows what you're thinking and he knows why you're thinking it. He knows stuff about you you've never known about yourself. And you think you're going to fool him and somehow sneak your way into judgment and explain away? No, 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 no. The only way any of us are going to make it through judgment is to be baptized in his name, covered by his blood. Hallelujah. Filled with the Holy Ghost. He said, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is your promise. That you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you have never received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Listen. Claim that promise. For the promise is unto you and to your children. And to all. Somebody say all. And to all that are afar off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. You say why do I need to have the Holy Ghost? Because if that spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you. He shall quicken your mortal body. So when the Lord comes back and he sounds that last trumpet and the dead in Christ rise and those that are alive and remain are quickened from an immortal or from a mortal body to an immortal body it happens through the power of the Holy Ghost the Holy Ghost is the resurrection power of God living on the inside hallelujah you, you've seen a little like a little glimpse of it you know you know I, I if I get in my car and I start that car the engine will rev up but you know I can just push the button you know get those fancy buttons you push now you apply the brake I can push the button and it'll start but if I don't want it to start I just want it to charge my phone I just push the button that's kind of the way the Holy Ghost works see when the trumpet sounds it's gonna be pedal down Button pushed, everything just revs up. But every once in a while, you'll get a little charge. Right now, God just charging the phone a little bit. And you know what I'm talking, you've seen people do it. They'll be sitting in church and they'll like, their shoulders will move, their head will shake back and forth. And nobody does that but Holy Ghost filled people. Have you ever seen anybody in the world just... No, no, no. It's Holy Ghost filled people. You want to know why? Because there's something on the inside waiting to burst forth. There's a quickening power. There's a quickening power. And sometimes you hear that word. Sometimes you hear that name. Sometimes you hear that truth and it makes you shake. And and it makes you, it makes you quicken a little bit. It'll get you shouting. It'll put dancing in your feet. It'll put running in your legs and clapping in your hands and a praise on your lips. There's one day coming when the last trumpet shall sound, hallelujah, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And the Holy Ghost, it, it, again, the car analogy, you know, they've got those fancy key fobs. And you can actually, I need those key fobs because I come out of shopping malls, department store, wherever I am, I never know where I parked. 
It's too confusing. I don't ever think about it on the way in. I'm doing better, but it used to be real bad. I'd come out of the shoe department and think, did I go into the shoe department? I don't even know where this car is. And I start looking for it. But when they came out with those fancy little key fobs, I just had to push the panic button. And the manufacturers of the automobile created a key fob that has a sensor on the inside of the key fob that, that, that corresponds with a sensor they also put inside the car. So that when the, when the button is pushed on the keypad, it corresponds with this sensor that's inside the automobile. And, and, and when it does, the horn starts honking and the lights start flashing. And, and there's a big commotion. And you know where your car is. That's the way it works when the trumpet sounds. There's a sensor in the trumpet that corresponds with the Holy Ghost in you. And when that last trumpet sounds, there's an invisible connection. Hallelujah. Between the trumpet and you. Whether you're six feet under or above the ground among the living it doesn't matter if you've got the Holy Ghost if you've got the Holy Ghost if that spirit dwell in you he shall quicken your mortal body and you shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye you shall be changed ah glory to God no, we don't, we don't need to worry. We just need to get ready. We need to get ready. You've got to repent from your sins. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Be ye filled with the Spirit of God. You say, well, Pastor, what if I've already done that? Now what do I do? You keep doing it. You just do it every day. Repent every single day. Hallelujah. Oh, you're real saved that you don't need to repent every day. No, you've got to repent every day. Paul, the apostle Paul, the man who brought the gospel to the Gentiles, said, I die daily. Who are we that we don't have to die daily? Who are we that we don't have to daily determine I'm not going back to my old lifestyle? I'm not going back to the rudiments of this world. I, I'm going to go on with Jesus. And Lord, forgive me of my sins. Help me to turn away from any wicked thing that's not like you got to repent every day and, and you need to be immersed in Jesus every day <laughs> hallelujah you don't have to jump back in this water you don't have to do that you don't have to jump back in this water in fact Moses when he smote the rock and water came forth the Bible says that rock was Christ that was a type of baptism when he smote the rock when Jesus was crucified that's when the rock was smitten and the water came forth from his side. And we are baptized into Christ, into the water. And the writer of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, the apostle Paul, said that that, that that was a spiritual water and a spiritual rock. And that rock was Christ. And they were all baptized into the cloud and into the sea. It has to do with baptism. But when Moses needed more water, the Lord didn't say smite the rock. He said talk to it. In other words... You don't have to get back in the waters of baptism when you need more water. You, when you need a refreshing, when you need cleansing, you don't have to go back into that baptismal tank. You've already been down in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. If you were baptized as an infant, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. If you were baptized in the titles of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. But once you've been baptized in Jesus' name, you don't have to go back in the water and get rebaptized. You can speak to the rock, and the same water will flow. You can talk to the rock every day day you need to talk to the rock every day you need to get immersed in Jesus Christ you don't need to get immersed in Facebook immersed in Instagram immersed in Snapchat immersed in Twitter immersed in mainstream media you need to get immersed in Jesus I said you've got to get immersed in Jesus that's how you get ready for the coming of the Lord and talk in tongues every day talk in tongues every day if you've never spoken in tongues, don't worry. If you've repented and been baptized in Jesus' name and you tarry for the Holy Ghost, God's going to fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You claim that promise, seek his face, and know he's going to fill you to overflowing. 
Hallelujah. And you may not even be able to imagine yourself as speaking in tongues. But you will speak with a heavenly language when you enter into the presence of the Lord as a personal edification between you and God. How do you, how do you get ready for the coming of the Lord? You just keep doing it. Death, burial, resurrection. Death, burial, resurrection. Death, burial, resurrection. Death, burial, resurrection. Be not conformed to this world. You know how many, do you know how many times the Bible teaches us not to be conformed to this world, to not set our affections on things of the earth, to not love the world if we do the love of the Father is not in us. He said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, in case you try to find a loophole out of what he's really trying to explain to you. He, he he taught us not to entangle ourselves with the affairs of this life. Glory to God. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Get ready for Jesus to come back. It starts with repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, and continuing to do that every day, every day. Staying in His presence, immersed in His name, filled with His Spirit. Hallelujah. You want to get ready for Jesus to come back? Not only do you need to get right with God, that I've talked to you about getting right with God, but you need to get right with your neighbor. Jesus is coming back. You can't have that on you. How are you going to explain that you're willing to accept his forgiveness but won't extend it to others? How are you going to explain? He told you don't even try that. He told us about a parable where a man did try that. And it all backfired on him. He received the forgiveness of his, of his lender. But when he went out to find the person who owed him money, he grabbed them by the lapels and threatened them. And, and, and the man that owed him money owed him far less. And the one who lended him money forgave him of a much greater debt. And the Lord said, don't even try that in my presence. If you're willing to accept my forgiveness you must extend my forgiveness if you've got ought against your neighbor you're not ready for Jesus to come back if you've got some kind of a hatred in your heart if you've got some kind of a bitterness towards somebody an unforgiveness you're not ready for Jesus to come back you've got to get that right with your neighbor now we've talked about getting right with God and we love the Lord with all our heart soul mind and strength but the scripture says you don't love me if you don't love your brother if you don't love your brother whom you have seen stop telling me you love me it's impossible to love God without loving your brother Oh, hallelujah. Now, I know I'm not saying forgiveness is an easy thing. I'm not saying that, that, that you've even got it in your flesh, the power to forgive. But I am saying that the Lord will empower you. And you've got to, that's one of those sins you have to repent from. The sin of unforgiveness, the sin of hatred or bitterness or envy. You have to give it to God. Because you've got to get right with God and with your brother. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. And you've got to love your neighbor so much. This is the third thing. You've got to really love your neighbor. I don't mean tolerate them. We think we're really loving our neighbor when we're not being terrible to them. We think we're really loving our neighbor because I didn't lash out when I could have. That's not loving your neighbor. That's not lashing out when you could have. Loving your neighbor is when you love them like you love you. Loving your neighbor is when you care for their needs like you care for your needs. Loving your neighbor is caring whether they are saved or not. And I'm going to tell you something. Saints of God, one of the things we have to do to get ready for Jesus' return is we must preach this gospel to every creature. We've got to go into the highways and the byways and preach this gospel to the halt, the blind, the lame. We've got to reach our neighbors with the precious gospel of Jesus Christ. Christ. It is a part of loving our neighbor. We can't pretend to be the church if we're not evangelistic. We can't pretend to be the church if we're not telling people Jesus saved. We can't pretend to be the church if we're not letting folks know Jesus is coming again. Hallelujah. Part of loving your neighbor is loving them enough to want them saved. Hallelujah. How many have a testimony? How many have a testimony? I need to see a show of hands. Just go ahead and just go ahead. You don't have to, you don't have to shake with anybody, but just kind of put it up in the air. If you've got a testimony, do you have a testimony that the Lord kept you? 
Do you have a testimony that the Lord redeemed you? Do you have a testimony that the Lord brought you out? Do you have a testimony that the Lord saved you? That's where you start. You start right there and you tell people you know. I must tell you something. You see the chaos of our world. You see the pain of our world. You see the, all the difficulty and the challenge and how the things are shaking all around us. That's because Jesus is coming back. And I love you too much to let you be lost without hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've got to get into the business of saying, if you're going to go to hell, you're going to have to go through me. If you're going to go to hell, you got to get through me. You're going to have to climb over my testimony. You're going to have to climb over my prayers. You're going to have to climb over my love and my compassion and my care, genuine care for your soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got to get ready for Jesus to come back. You know, don't get into a bunker mentality. It's, it's easy to do that. Oh, Jesus is coming back. He's coming any moment. So what's the sense in doing this or that? Are you kidding? This is the time to accelerate. This is the time to say, uh, it, it's all hands on deck. We got to do everything God told us to do because time is running short and the day is at hand. Our salvation is nearer than when we believed. Hallelujah. The night is far spent and the night cometh when no man can work. It's time to do a work for the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And finally, we got to get right with God. That's Acts 2.38. we got to get right with our brother and our sister. That's forgiveness and healing and letting things go. Letting things go. You know, I'm going to stop there again because I feel something in the Holy Ghost. I know what it feels like. I do. I know what it feels like to get attached to a feeling. A feeling of having been hurt. A feeling of having been wounded. And, 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 and that sometimes is your only comfort, is to, is to retreat into that feeling of being wounded. And it's a snare of the devil. Because I will not be able to stand before God and say, I let you forgive me, but I wouldn't forgive others. He said, freely you have received, freely give. I don't deserve to be here before you worshiping God. I don't. I don't deserve it. He could have written me off so many times. And look what he's done. He just blesses me and loves me and encourages me and, 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 and calls me his own. And he knows more about me than I know about me, more than you know about me, more than anybody knows about me. And he loves me and he forgives me. And Jesus said to his disciples, a new law I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. If, I, if I'm really going to make it to heaven, I have to love people the way Christ has loved me. And that means releasing them like he released me. He released me from my debt that I owe him. He did that. And because he did that, I want to serve him all the days of my life. Ah, Lord. My Lord, I love you, Jesus. Peter didn't want to let him be crucified. He didn't want to let him be wounded. He said, I won't let it happen. Jesus said, stop it, Peter. Get behind me, Satan. You don't understand the things of God. I'm going to let them beat me. I'm going to let them wound me. I'm going to let them cut me. I'm going to let them put stripes on my back. I'm going to let them put thorns on my head. I'm going to let them strike me and afflict me and smite me. It's going to be the most gruesome thing you've ever seen. And when it's said and done, I'm going to say, Father, forgive them. And when they hear that, they're going to say, truly, this was the Son of God. Truly, this was the Son of God. And they're going to understand my love and my grace and my compassion like nothing you've ever seen. So stop trying to prevent this from happening. We live a life so bent on trying to refrain from getting hurt when, in fact, God wants to use us in every arena we face to show grace and mercy and love and forgiveness. You've got to get a hold of that before Jesus comes back. Hallelujah. And we're anointed as evangels of fire, ambassadors for Christ. Hallelujah. We're anointed as those gospel preachers, those disciples, those who are sent into the four corners of the world to preach the gospel of the Lord. Yes. Finally, here's what he said. He said, when you see all this stuff happening, what we're looking at right now in our world, he said, when you see all of that happening, 
He said, look up. That's the last thing I want to tell you to do today. Look up. For your redemption draweth nigh. Look up. You see this? Look away from this. And look up. See, when the Bible talks about spiritual things, it describes it as a thing that has ascended. It'll say, Jerusalem which is above is the mother of us all. Or it will say, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Or it will say, there's a highway called holiness. Not a low way, a highway called holiness. It's, it's, it's always above. It's always up. So what is the Lord telling us when he tells us to look up? He's not saying walk around like this all day and bumping into folks. He's saying to get your eyes on the things of the spirit and not on the things of this earth, not on the things of this world. We are above this fray. We are above this fray. We heal and we minister. And, 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 and yes, the principalities of this world, they're all fighting back and forth, fighting back and forth, and it's all going on underneath the things of the spirit. But our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of real strong holes and casting down imaginations and bringing every thought to the obedience of Christ that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. That's the battle we face. Our eyes are upward because our redemption is drawing nigh. Glory to God. Turn it off, tune it out and look up. Why? Your redemption is drawing nigh. Look up. What, 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 why, why, do I, why do I need to focus? Because your redemption is getting closer. Your redemption is getting closer. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you more about all of the things that will happen. But listen to what the word of the Lord says. And, and I'm coming to a close. Peter said in his second epistle, he said, Beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. That you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets. And of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers. Walking after their own lusts. And saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were. From the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of. That by the word of God the heavens were of old. The earth standing out of the water and in the water. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store. Reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. Everything you're used to shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting Oh, hallelujah. Why, why, Pastor, why are you so urgently trying to build this building? I'm hasting unto the coming of the day of God. Wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, Seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. And account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. Somebody lift up your hands and give him praise right now. Hallelujah. 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 
Glory to God. Glory to God. How many remember the elders saying, well, if the Lord tarry, I'm going to do this. Should the Lord tarry, next year we'll have a good this or that. They were saying the Lord is tarrying and he may continue to tarry. I'm telling you, we're coming to the end of tarrying. And he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Oh, hallelujah. I need somebody who's looking forward to it to stand to your feet right now. And say, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. See, some of you all are afraid of what will happen when the Lord comes. Don't be afraid. His kingdom is coming. His kingdom is coming. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, that's it. We need to pray the prayer of the saints. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray the prayer of the saints. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 You know what? One of the reasons why we struggle to pray that prayer is because we know we have loved ones who aren't ready to meet him. I want to encourage you to reach out to somebody this week and say, I'm praying for you that, that you turn your heart to God. Just tell him, I love you and I want you to be saved. And, and tell him, I'm, I'm here for you. Let me tell you what Jesus did for me. Let me tell you what the Lord did for me. Let God anoint your words as you speak to them, that you speak to them with the heart of God. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. I feel like there's some people who need to get right with God right now. We're going to sing. We're going to seek God. And all across this building, I want us to take a moment and get right with the Lord. And if you've got odd against your brother or sister, it's time to get that right with them as well. Come on, in the name of Jesus. All across this building, he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Have you been baptized? Let us baptize you in Jesus' name. Have you received the Holy Ghost? Lift your hands and tell Him, Lord, I believe. I believe your promise. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, that's it. All across this building. Woo, glory. Glory. I'm getting right with Jesus because He's coming again. He's coming again. He's coming again. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm not afraid. Him right now. Come on, lift your hands and praise him right now. Come on, lift your heart to him right now. Go ahead and tell him, Lord God, help me be ready. Help me be ready. Lord, help me to turn from my sins. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus.
it. Pour your heart out to him. Pour your heart out to him. Pour your heart out to him. I need you, Jesus. That's it, pour it out to him. Come on, lift up your hands again unto the Lord. He's in this house. Just let him minister to you right now. Let him minister to you right now. Come on, let him minister to you right now. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. I see people reaching out to him. I see people reaching out to him. I see his spirit reaching out to you. Go ahead and let the Lord have his way. Let the Lord have his way. Let the Lord have his way. Oh, blessed be the name of our God. Blessed be the name of our God. Blessed be the name of our God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the promise of your coming. Thank you, Jesus, for the promise of your coming. Thank you, Jesus, for the promise of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus, for the promise of preparing a place for us. Thank you, Lord, for your precious promises, exceeding precious promises. Thank you, precious Jesus. Lord, every soul that is in this building and every soul that is tuning in, I pray, oh God, that you would help us to keep our eyes fixed on you. Help us, I pray in Jesus' name, to keep our eyes fixed on your return. Lord, we know, we know, we know 
that you are King of kings, Lord of lords. We have poured our heart into your kingdom knowing, Lord, that that's, that's what will last forever and ever. And I pray, Lord, what parts of us have been reserved, I pray you'll help us to empty ourselves into you completely. In the matchless and the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In the matchless and the mighty name of Jesus Christ. As we go from this place but not your presence, Lord, I pray that you will put multiple hedges of protection around your people. Let us walk boldly. But Lord, I pray you'll help us to walk with wisdom, circumspectly. Hallelujah. Reaching those who need the truth with the precious gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray for your anointing. We pray for your spirit. We pray, Lord, for you to have your perfect way in our lives. And we give you all glory and honor in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. amen. Come on, let's say amen. amen. And let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to ask our ushers to dismiss you row by row from the back to the front. And we'll ask you to maintain physical distancing as we see this uptick in cases. Please continue to remember those who...